In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus exclaimed, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever, and revealing them to mere children. Yes, Father, for that is what it pleased you to do. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, just as no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord News from the battlefront of the Israeli-Hamas conflict has brought to the fore something which most people would rather choose to avoid or hide. Death. Where death often hides its ugly visage behind the secure walls of hospitals and retirement homes, where cadavers in coffins are dressed up to make corpses look as if they are still very much alive, albeit asleep. It takes a war to show that death is more than statistics and a distant, isolated reality. As family and friends grieve, others swear vengeance and retribution and spectators look on with shock and disbelief. Many have asked these questions. What has become of these casualties, casualties of war and violence, some of them mere babies and children? Is there more to life after their deaths? If there is no life after death, then all that we can do for the dead is to eulogize them in obituaries, celebrate their lives in memorial services, Immortalize them by building monuments in their name or fight wars to seek justice for what has been done to them. But that is not the case. We Catholics do not merely believe that there is life after death, but that the soul is mortal. Do our physical bodies experience decay in the grave? The immortal souls continue to live on until they are given new spiritual glorified bodies at the resurrection of the dead. That is why today's commemoration is not just meant to be a memorial of the dead. On the contrary, today is a day when we are reminded of our primary duty to the dead. We pray for the dead. And we do this not because they need our prayers, but because this is what the Holy Spirit has taught us to do. It is a gift of God to allow us to share in His work in bringing His people to perfection. It is a special gift of hope from God, a great divine courtesy, but it is also a great responsibility on our part. The earliest scriptural reference to prayers for the dead comes in the second book of Maccabees. Since Protestants reject the idea of praying for the dead, this book is not included in their canon. The second book of Maccabees tells how Judas Maccabee, the Jewish leader, led his troops into battle in 163 BC. When the battle ended, he
he directed that the bodies of those Jews who had died be buried. As soldiers prepared their slain comrades for burial, they discovered that each was bearing an amulet taken as booty from a pagan temple. This violated the law of Deuteronomy, and so Judas and his soldiers prayed that God would forgive the sins these men had committed. Who are the dead that we are speaking of today? The church certainly cannot be speaking of the saints in heaven who have no need of our prayers, but whose prayers we, are, we most certainly are in need of. Likewise, we cannot be praying for the souls who are suffering the eternal separation of hell. If that separation is permanent and eternal, they can never benefit from our prayers. No amount of prayers can free a soul from hell. Rather, it is the souls in purgatory whom we should be praying for. Purgatory is not a place where bad people become good people, but where good people become perfected in love. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that all who died in God's grace but still imperfectly purified are indeed caused of their eternal salvation, but after death they undergo purification so as to achieve the holiness necessary to enter the joy of heaven. We need to pray for the dead, for the souls in purgatory, because this is the task put into our hands. Purgatory is not a remand center where its occupants are awaiting judgment, whether one would be set free to join the denizens of heaven or sentenced to share the lot of the souls in hell. No, purgatory is where souls are prepared for heaven. It is where the work of God begun in their lives should be, would be completed. God wills that we should share in this work through our prayers. The dead are blessed and their life is a blessing for us. Because they have no life but the life of God and he is the God of the living, not of the dead, Christ died and rose again that he might become the Lord of the living and the dead. As St. Paul tells us, in praying for the dead, we are not merely witnessing to the resurrection. We are instruments of the resurrection. And by praying for them, we are attesting to the truth. Life is changed, not ended at death. So today there is no point seeding over the horrifying massacres of innocence. Don't try to figure out the culpability of who is responsible for their deaths. Instead of being glued to the daily news of war and trip, retribution fueled by anger, hatred and prejudice, let us instead pause to pray. In times of war, we often pray for the living, for the survivors, for a cessation to the killing. We forget that one of the most important things that we must do is to pray for the fallen and all the dead. We can't know for sure where the dead or our beloved deceased are, unless they happen to be canonized saints. But when in doubt, we pray for them. And there is no hope. In fact, there is great benefit to pray for them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.